0: Welcome to JHE Ministries Bible Study, where we study God's Word. As always, I'm Jeffrey, minister and chaplain with JHE Ministries, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. Today we are going to start Chapter 2 of the Book of Mark. Our study has been in the Gospel of Mark, and today we want to take a look at a conflict with the religious leaders, and we'll see Jesus healing a paralytic. So if you have your Bibles turn them to the second chapter of Mark verse 1 and let's get into it. Now clearly chapter 2 begin with verse 1 and through chapter 3 verse 6 is a separate section in Mark's gospel and in it Jesus comes into conflict with the Jewish religious leadership in a series of five separate incidents. Now Mark brought these incidents together because they have a common theme conflict with the religious authorities and such stories were undoubtedly used by the church in its ongoing struggle with Judaism. So let's take a look here begin with verse 1 I want to cover the first 12 verses here healing a paralytic And verse one begins, and again, he who is Jesus entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Now immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. So going back to verses 1 and 2, we have soon after the Lord enters Capernaum, that there was many that were gathered around the house where Jesus was. Because word had spread quickly. And these people were anxious to see this miracle worker in action. They had heard all the stories. And whenever God moves in power, people are going to be attracted. This passage shows the close relationship between the healing of the body and the forgiveness of sins Jesus returns to Capernaum it was kind of a base of operations for Jesus it was in the northern part of the country and it was the house of Peter and Andrew Jesus' presence in town we see was soon discovered so much so that even this place afforded him no privacy whatsoever This house was filled with many people. In fact, it was filled with so many people that it overflowed. And even the space outside the door was blocked so that nobody else could get in. They no doubt wanted to see Jesus. They wanted to see him perform miracles. But Jesus was not working miracles inside the house. Rather, he was preaching the gospel to the people. To understand these verses, it is necessary to visualize the layout of a typical Palestinian peasant's house. It was usually a small one-room structure. It had a flat roof, and it was accessible by means of an outside stairway. Now the roof itself was usually made of wooden beams that had thatching and had compacted earth and that was used in order to shed off the rain. Now sometimes tiles were laid between the beams and the thatching. Now the four men who brings this paralytic to the house where Jesus was, they see this size of the crowd, all these people there. And they quickly realized it's impossible for them to enter through the door. So what do they do? They carry the paralytic up the outside stairway to the roof, they dig up this compacted thatch and earth, they remove tiles if there was any, and then they lower the man through this now exposed opening from the roof to the floor. Now, the Savior faithfully preached the word to them as they were all clustered around. And at the rear of the crowd, there's this paralytic now that was carried by these four others, probably on an improvised stretcher. And there's usually hindrances in bringing others to jesus i think it's important that mark makes mention that the crowd hindered getting this paralytic man to the lord jesus but faith is ingenious if nothing else because these four people who bring their friend this paralytic they climb the outside stairs to the roof they uncover the portion of the roof They lower him to the ground, and it was probably a courtyard that was in the middle. But at any event, they were bringing this man to see the Son of God. Now, someone has nicknamed these good friends sympathy, cooperation, originality, and persistence. They showed sympathy for the man. They all cooperated to get this man to the Son of God. They used persistence. The crowds weren't going to stop them. They were going to find a way, and they did. And they used originality. They uncovered a part of the roof. They had this makeshift stretcher. They probably lowered him down with ropes. So there was originality involved. And we should each strive to be a friend who displays these same qualities in ourselves now let's take a look here as we move on to verse five jesus recognized this ingenuity he recognized this persistence of this paralytic man and his friends as faith but instead of healing the man of his lameness jesus forgave his sins On the surface, this hardly seemed to be what the man needed. But Jesus was illustrating an Old Testament claim that human suffering rests in the separation from God. Sin keeps you from God. Thus, forgiveness is needed in our deepest need. Jesus, impressed by their faith, says to the paralytic man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now this seemed to be a strange thing to say. It was a question of paralysis, and not sin was the reason they brought the man there. But Jesus went beyond the symptoms. He went right to the cause. He would not heal the body that's neglected the soul. He would not remedy a temporary condition, and leave an eternal condition untouched. So Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. It was a wonderful announcement. Now on on this earth, in this life, the man's sins were forgiven. He didn't have to wait till the day of judgment. He had the present assurance of forgiveness at that very moment. And so do all of us who put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Now the scribes, <coughs> excuse me, that were there, <coughs> they quickly caught on to the significance of the statement of Jesus's. They were well enough trained in Bible doctrine to know that only God can forgive sins, and anyone who professed to forgive sins was therefore claiming to be God up to this point their logic was absolutely 100% correct but instead of acknowledging Jesus to be God they accused in their hearts speaking of blasphemies now here the teachers of the law is when they become directly involved with Jesus Jesus' statement about forgiveness gave them their opportunity to ensnare Jesus on a theological point. Their basic premise was that for anyone but God to claim to forgive sin was blasphemy. Since for them Jesus was not God, according to them, he was blaspheming. And if they were right about who Jesus was, their reasoning was flawless. In Jewish teaching, even the Messiah could not forgive sins. That's Jewish teaching. They failed to recognize who Jesus really was, the Son of God, who does have authority to forgive sins. Now, the teachers of the law had not openly expressed their misgivings about Jesus' action, but Jesus knew their thoughts, and Jesus challenged them with a question that we see in verse 9. As he meant his words, neither of the two was easier. To the teachers of the law, however, it was easier to make the statement about forgiveness, because who could verify its fulfillment? But to say, get up and walk, that could indeed be verified by an actual healing. You can see. Now, Jesus read their thoughts, a proof in itself of his supernatural power. He asked them this very provocative question. Is it easier to pronounce a man's sins forgiven or... His paralysis to be cured. Now, actually, it is just as easy to say one as the other, but it is equally impossible, humanly speaking, to do the one as it is to do the other. The Lord had already pronounced the man's sins forgiven. Yes, but had it really taken place? The scribes couldn't see the man's sins being forgiven. Therefore, they weren't going to believe it. In order to demonstrate that the man's sins had really been forgiven, our Savior Jesus gave the scribes something that they could see. Jesus' statement in the first half of verse 10 was addressed to the scribes. The words, he said to the paralytic, constitute a parenthesis to explain that the following words are addressed not to the teacher's of the law but to the paralytic. Another possibility is to take the entire verse with its early public use of the Son of Man as addressed to Mark's readers. The subsequent healing verified the claim to grant forgiveness. As surely as actual healing followed Jesus' statement, get up, in verse 11, so actual forgiveness resulted from his, your sins are forgiven. And we see that this man's cure was instantaneous, it was immediate, and it was in full view of everyone that was there, because they saw him walking out. A man who had to be carried in is now all of a sudden walking out the door. And the crowd responded with this amazement, and they gave praise to God for what had just happened. Never before had they seen anything like this. The emphasis in this story is not on Jesus' pity for a helpless, crippled man that moved Jesus to healing, but on his power to forgive sins. In his act of forgiveness, Jesus was also declaring the presence of of God's kingdom among humans. Jesus told the paralytic man to get up, to carry his straw pad and to walk. The man responded instantly. And this amazed the people. As I mentioned, they'd never seen anything like this before. But the scribes still would not believe, in spite of this most overwhelming evidence you see belief involves the will and they did not want to believe they willfully chose not to now this story of the paralytic man that is healed is is also told in Matthew chapter 9 verses 2 to 8 and it's also told in the gospel of Luke chapter 5 verses 18 to 26 this paralyzed man was lying on a bed he was carried by four of his friends their faith in Jesus' power to heal and their determination to get to Jesus this pleased Jesus And notice that Jesus first met the paralyzed man's spiritual needs. Son, your sins are forgiven. And then he addressed his physical needs by healing him with the words, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Jesus' fame had spread so wildly that Pharisees and teachers of the law that were from Jerusalem and from all over the land come to see Jesus. Luke chapter 5 verse 17 says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. They had come to investigate Jesus. They had heard these claims, they wanted to see all about this themselves. They wanted to see before their critical, hostile, eye, uh, hostile eyes how Jesus boldly asserted his deity by offering to forgive the man's sins. And Jesus worked a miracle. As Jesus himself said, this was done to prove his deity. And it had an amazing effect on the people. But this incident only further irritated the Pharisees and these teachers of the law. It irritated these religious custodians of the nation. And with that, we're going to stop for today. Next time, we're going to get in where we see Jesus... Eating with Sinners. So until next time, God bless you. And keep living. Christian Strong.